The World Cup Gambling Podcast from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. That's a new one. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store and we're giving away one for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World Cup Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne, northeast coast of England. Today is Monday, December the 19th, and we are here to look back on the whole World Cup. We have got no more previews to give out. It's done and dusted. Fantastic game of football yesterday. We're going to have a review of the final go through some of our high points, low points, bets, and talking about helmets. Yeah, Mr. Barry Penaluna. Barry, how are you doing? Good evening, Mal. <laughs> I planned that all day, but that joke. Well, well done, well done. That's all I've got. I've got Thank nothing else. I'm really, really pleased with myself. You don't often get to do a helmet joke, like like a tapping, do you know what I mean? You normally have to, it's like a 30 yard, I like, but I mean, I'm at the back post just waiting to knock that one home. Shocking. And I've been sympathetic to your illness as well, I'll give up. Well, I mean, I don't like to talk about it, Barza. I remain lucky to be alive, let's be honest. Um, yeah, if I sound a bit sultry and sexy, everybody, I'm still knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Um, got a combination of man flu, COVID, and all sorts of horrific things. Um, yeah, I'm bored of it now. Um, it's really starting to get us down a little bit, but one of those things, hopefully... I just want it to. I just want to wake up and it go away. And the IT department now keeps insisting that I go to the doctors. And the more she says it, the more I refuse. It's one of those I've dug my heels in. She keeps saying it'll be all right tomorrow, but I've been saying that. And I remember being really rough that night. England played the USA, and I was dealing roulette and peel or social club, and that was about six months ago, wasn't it? So yeah, I've done all right. Um, so we haven't got much uh, lifestyle stuff plus I've been tonight to the Ben's, the big Ben, uh, to her show. Now, I didn't really know she was into this, but she joined the drama thing at school, which was good. Because I imagine it's anything that's not staring at your phone, I think, is progress. So she joined the drama thing at school and they did. It was a pantomime. It was Jack and the Beanstalk. And she was the big bad wolf. Um and I think that, and you know what? I was dreading it because I thought it's going to be a bit shit, this. And they were really canny. I really enjoyed it. All the bands were good, very talented young people, all sort of the, the last six formats, so sort of the 15, 16 year old kids. Um, and then the little ones were having a song and dance, and Betty wolfed about the place a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I quite enjoyed that. And then football tomorrow, tickets for Newcastle v Bournemouth, Carabao Cup, uh, of all things. That's going to be a culture shock. Um, I haven't watched the World Cup for a month, but Jordy's coming up with his kids from uh, Worcester, my ex-parish. Johnny Big Shades is coming out. Holmes is coming. So a bit of a crowd uh, to watch that one, Baz. So yeah, that's pretty much all my all my crack because I've just been sitting trying to survive. Like anything happening uh, where you are? Um, nothing major. Like quiet weekend. Um, obviously with the football cancelled in terms of the kids stuff, nothing, nothing going on again due to the weather. Although today it's turned positively tropical, hasn't it? Barbie. 14 degrees C today, so it's just switched overnight. Uh, I have been uh, doing a little bit on the barbecue, smoking no. some cheese. Ooh, cold what? Smoking. Cold, cold smoking cold the smoking. cheese? So just, I got a load of cheese, mainly like a nice mature, a few mature cheddars and a bit of brie, get some smoke into it, so a good... Oh. Four hours or so on the bar, not not heated. You just yeah, yeah. Got smouldering sawdust underneath the uh, underneath the grill. Four hours, it'll just and then I'll just vac pack that up and buy. Well, a week's time, it'll be perfect, just in time for Christmas cheese board. Uh, and I'm making some uh, homemade 
caramelised onion chutney as well to go with that. Okay, nice. Right. I'll uh, look forward to a truckle landing on my desk, Baz. <laughs> uh, what odds would you have given about the word truckle being used on tonight's show when we logged on five minutes ago? Long shot truckle. Uh, I don't know if you have truckles in America, but anyway, look it up. Um, oh, I've just pressed something as well there, Baz. Um, you also need to talk us through your background. Um, you've gone a bit fancy fans haven't you what's the sitch there oh yes I mean it's not it's no good for those on the podcast uh, listening on Spotify tomorrow or what have you uh, but for those watching the live stream I'm, I'm now look like I'm in my own podcast studio I've got it a messy shirt behind me on the wall the... I went to a whole lot of effort with ordering posters and blue tack and getting Kevin Keegan to sign stuff and mine still looks a bit shit let's be honest and you've just pressed some buttons like Steve Jobs and you look like you're on match of the day well, you see, this is all you need is a green screen, isn't it? This is what all the cool kids are doing. Is the, there's a green screen, and I can change this. I'll, I'll have my messy shirt up today, and tomorrow that could be a Shira shirt or whatever. I'll mix it up a bit, you know. Can you have like tropical fish in that? Stepping the game up. World Cup's coming to an end, and I'm hitting my stride now. Like, yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, you want to get the IT department on this, Malcolm? I thought, you yeah, yeah. Well. I'll be, I'll be docking the housekeeping bars until this looks. Ten times better again. That's what's going on there. Um, so let's uh, look at the back at the fight. We don't need to talk too much about Morocco the other day. Uh, it was a bit of a nothing game. We landed some. We were on the wrong. Well, I was on the wrong side, but got the overs in um, and the goals. You were on the right side, but missed the goals. So I think between we were kind of. Missed and hit and covered and finished round about SP. Chris were probably a bit better than Morocco. The um, the succumb to their injuries, I think they were just knackered, weren't they? Um, so that was that. But then yesterday, I mean, what a game! Hey, what a game of football, Baz. It was absolutely unbelievable. Really odd. Like, well, the more you pick it apart, the more you think about it. Um, because everyone's talking today saying it's not only the best World Cup final of all time, it's one of the greatest games of all time, but like 82 minutes. Like, it wasn't, was it? No, like, I mean, the first... It really first wasn't. Like, it was one-sided. France had no energy. And the narrative at that point was going to be France had been done by the bug, by the sickness bug that's gone round. That was a bit like uh, Lasagna gear, Tottenham, all those years ago, stuff like that. Because Argentina had held them at arm's length, got in front, held them in front, and we're going to win 2-0. And then one hour later, like, it was absolute mayhem. Like, I mean... Just goes to show that sort of one unit of scoring in this game um, just completely and utterly changes everything because momentum is a real thing, um, confidence is a real thing, and they get that penalty, and then you can't account for what happened over the next hour or so in real time. It was absolutely insane, but yeah, I mean certainly the first half there was only one team in it. They only looked like one outcome. But thinking back, I mean. We talked about this with Argentina. When two goals up, cruising. Next thing, late on, 2-1. I nearly blew it late on. Uh, exactly the same against Netherlands. 2-0 up, cruising again. Blew that into extra time. Um, exactly the same scenario, wasn't it? 2-0 up and absolute. There was no way back for France, the way they were playing. Um, so we did see it time and time again. There was a pattern to it. Um, and... Well, as you say, I mean, so I, I think France started coming into it, didn't they? Probably around 60, 65 minutes. They started to get that bit of a foothold and looked like they might get one. But even then, you just thought it was far too far back for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a, what a finish. And then and then the extra time and everything was just uh, such an absolute joy to watch. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, our um, main book over here, Bet365, crashed before the game. Um, which meant I couldn't get any bets on. I and apparently I looked on Twitter and everyone was kicking off, which is fair enough. But apparently the same thing happened before the Champions League final, the 365 as well. Um, and then I got a message saying, thanks for logging on. Um, you'll be able to place a bet in like 38 minutes. Like a like a countdown message from 38. I was like, what use is this to me? Um, I eventually I mean, got a bet on. That must have cost million, them. Yeah. Hasn't it? Game and then, the like, even at the end, they were tweeting out because they put that super boost on of um, one shot on target, Messi and Aguero. Uh, so now oh, the super boost hit, congratulations, everyone. And of course, everyone's just underneath saying there was only 27 people got the bet on you, twats. <laughs> like, giving them absolutely loads. 
I managed to get a bet on Argentina to win on penalties um, at the end of the game. That was the only time I could actually get a punt on. Um, so I got one bet on and won it, having and, uh, picked about a million winning bets, Baz, which we're about to about to talk about. Because running through our card, I mean, I've got I've got two pages of notes here, Baz, and I can barely move my eyes without seeing a winning bet. I think we picked the right time to absolutely nail one game. We had good moments through the tournament. We got better as the tournament progressed, I think. We're going to talk Definitely. about that in a little while. Um, but just going through, I mean, my starting point was Argentina to France won. So at that point, I was winning. But Argentina to win the trophy at 9-10 to 10, uh, was my main pick. Um, we had exactly one and exactly two first-half goals. Uh, four to one was the exactly two first-half goals. Uh, that hit um, Argentina to score a penalty at six to one was a bit of a wild one because I had written down Messi wriggles about and Loris is a buffoon and it wasn't Messi wriggling about it was Di Maria and it was Dembele who did play like a buffoon he played like his laces were tied together the entire game it was really really weird um, missed on um, team to score in both halves which I think is a bit unlucky because Argentina got both A's in the first, France got both A's in the second. So we're kind of a little bit unlucky there. That was four to one each of two. But then Argentina team total over one and a half, hit a two to one. France team total over one and a half, hit a two to one. Obviously, we had both teams to score. Um, was it even money? The over two and a half goals was at plus 150, um, six to four. So, yeah, but absolutely everything. Then the final one was the multi-corners, which I'm quite proud of because that's the one I kind of scientifically worked out. And there was only, three, I think it finished on three times four. The, the line was at 14 and a half. This was a bit where you multiply the corners in the first half by the corners in the second half. Um, and I'd taken the under on how both teams had performed really throughout the tournament. I never looked in danger at all. Um I think it was three times. Might even be two in the first half. Anyway, whatever. It was a pretty bloodless victory. Like so, yeah. Uh, nine or ten bets given out, and seven or eight of them landed at any price you like, up to six to one. So I was absolutely buzzing, Baz, and I think you pretty much did the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I pretty much had hit everything on the final, as you say. Really good to finish off. Um, so I'd, my main bet was was uh, Argentina over one point five. Um, I used to get that in nice and early. Um, I then had a bit of a sweat on because I tipped the overs at six to four. Uh, both teams to score at evens. Um, so the penalty going in was was welcome for the finals picks. Um, but as an Argentina backer from the start, uh, that's when the nerves kicked in a little bit. Um, but also got cards in as well. Um, you may recall the cards was over four and a half. Uh, and I faded that. Um, it was even money for four and a half. And I thought what was a better bet was to go to each side. Um, so you were getting the sort of four cards in there as opposed to needing five. Um, it came in six to four, uh, but we had a proper sweat on with that. So um, yeah. they had a card each early in the second half. Um, loads of time to get them. There was loads of fouls, foul after foul. And nothing, he was given nothing. And the amount of times he sort of waved play on and he thought, he'll go back in, he'll go back yeah. in. And I was pulling my hair out. And then France France picked one up. So they France picked up their second card in the 87th minute. And then we had eight minutes of stoppage time, so still a good 10 minutes there. And I'm sort of waiting and waiting. And then, of course, Otamendi had give the penalty away in the 81st minute. No, sorry, it was the 80th minute. It was the penalty from Otamendi, and he didn't. He didn't get booked for that. Um, yeah, that is an incredible decision, right? Because at that point, I'm, I'm, I'm needing an Argentina one. I need a France one, and I was absolutely, I was furious. And we're getting a 95 minutes, 96 minutes, and I'm still looking back, just waiting at the Argentina booking, and I'm looking back, thinking, how has he not got booked for that penalty? This is going to cost me here. Um, 98th minute. Uh, France break out of the, the Argentina out of their own box sorry uh, Acuna just jumps on someone's back um, and picks up a, a well deserved yellow card which landed the so yeah I, I mean as I say just finished on a really strong note hit everything a set of fancied goals 
um, you know, we both said goals either way um, was, was something we, we fancied. To be honest, the 2-0 up for Argentina, I didn't see France getting the way back into it. I thought that both teams to score would struggle. Still thought the overs could hit because I felt Argentina could, could get another one on the break. Uh, but yeah, we hit everything and, and as you say, finished strongly from the quarterfinals onwards, really. We had a, a really strong finish to the to the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have a look at the uh, at the rest of the, the tournament. Just from our outright show, Baz, that we recorded before the quarterfinals, um, a couple of bets of note were the South America was the winning continent to even money. And the reason we gave that up was you were going to get Brazil or Argentina in the final at even money. So even yesterday, Argentina uh, were nine to 10. So a little bit shorter, um, assuming you got one there. So that was a, that was a decent, it's not really how we planned out. We thought you'd probably get a couple, but as it happens, Brazil then went out immediately. Um but yeah, that was a nice prize. And then the one I think we were a little bit robbed on is the goalkeepers because yeah. we set we set we put a little clip out last week of you talking up our bets on the Golden Glove on Levakovic uh, of Croatia and Bono of Morocco, both at twenty to one, thinking really one of them had to win it. And I don't really know how that worked. Were they there? Like stood I with, I, with that kit I on. I wondered about that. Because all, all the awards it? were given to people who were there, which seemed yeah. quite convenient, frankly. Um, I mean, had Argentina just won that game 2-0, I think Bruno gets it, or Olovakovic gets it. The fact it went to the penalty shootout, the extra time, uh, and the wonder save from Martinez just cemented it, didn't it? I think if it was just, a, you know, let's say it was a 2-1 win yesterday, I, I still think one of the others would win it. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't win... But we got a good ride out of them, twenty to one. Yeah, each. we did. Yeah, um, it was. I, I think it, it was definitely the right play. Um, we'd said a couple of days later. I mean, you, you could have you could have hedged it with Martinez at around four to one. Um, you know, at the point where they'd both gone an extra round through, I did say you know the only one could threaten them was yeah. Martinez, not Loris. We didn't fancy that, so you know people could have got out. Didn't do that, but as I say, we got a good ride for a twenty to one shot. Uh, I literally think we went to the wire. It, it was it was the extra time and penalties that I put up. Well, yeah, because he, he had to go to Martinez at that point, didn't it? He conceded three goals. I thought he could have saved the second one. That Buddy Holly from Mbappe it seemed to go through him. In fact, he should have saved the penalty once he'd got there the first one. To me, that uh, that save in the dying seconds um, was one of the uh, one of the abiding images of the of the. Yeah. Really, for me, um, who was it that had that effort for France? It was a, it was the lad who came off the bench. Is it uh, Colo Marie? What's his name? Can't remember his name. Kim. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I just can't remember uh, what it was now. Anyway, he was clean through one, and that that save was absolutely outstanding. Like. Um, so yeah. Plus, I think if we hadn't, if Martinez hadn't won it, we we wouldn't have been treated to him uh, windmilling it round like it was a big five-fingered cock that he had on in front of that uh, Qatari bloke, um, which was Colo Moani, wasn't it? That was him. Yeah, um, yeah, him um, waving that around like it was his big cock, and that Qatari bloke looking absolutely appalled at the entire situation. I thought it was absolutely top class. Uh, and well worth of anyone I mean, using the 21. A couple of things from the, the game itself. Um, I mean, that, that save, I think, was just unbelievable. Because like, that, that, that I thought it was it. I thought France were going to... And I mean, that would equally have said a final had France had come back and, and completed the turnaround. Um, but it, it, Martinez, up front for Argentina, he come on in the 102nd minute. Yeah. Did you see how many chances he missed to, to win it? I mean, straight after that Colo Moani chance, it went up the other end, cross comes in, he had a header. Clear, free he shagged that, a header was incredible. It was awful. He had a couple that he pulled, pulled wide or, or met Look, he's had four shots in, in the 12 minutes he was on the pitch. I think he came on 100, 108 minutes or something like that. Uh, he wasn't on for long. He had four shots, made four really good chances. They went down as big chances. He actually had the third... The, the only person who had a higher XG in the game was Messi and Mbappe. So, uh, despite the fact he only come on in injury time, he had all the chances. Uh, absolutely shite. 
and it was no surprise that he didn't set with Dave because he hooked that wide or put it over the bar as well. Um, yeah. Right, garbage he was. Absolute garbage. No, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a great game. It was a fitting end. I, uh, Bob enjoyed it. It was a, I mean, it's been a good tournament. We're going to talk about that uh, in a moment. I'll tell you first about our headline sponsors. Yeah. On the World Cup. There's World Cup gambling podcast for about 20 minutes. It's going to be the Premier League gambling podcast. So bear that in mind. Uh, the sponsor will remain the WinBet, though, the official online sports of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. They've changed this. I'm going to concentrate, but there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, for the hashtag DGNs only, try a look at WinBet's parlay wheel. Great promos, odds and payouts happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up to receive a special offer. Bet $100 to win $100. Limited to state availability. No to choose from. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. T's and C's at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. Any of the helmet jokes there, Baz, you want to get out? No, you're all right. I'll leave them to you, mate. Do you want a game of what... Vegetable is inexplicably on my desk right now. One guess. Courgette. Oh, it's not bad. It's this tiny pumpkin. Aye, is it a squash? What are you doing with that? I'm not, I'm not doing out with it, mate. Hey? Pumpkins are squash, aren't they? Aren't they the same thing? Probably. If, you, if we were American. A variety of squash. I don't know, but it's small. But it's quite fun. It's like, you don't see these green stripey ones very often. So, yeah, what I don't do know what that? that's doing there. I don't, I don't know. It's not big enough to do out with, really, is it? Make a bit of soup or something? It'd hide a small amount of cheese in it, something like that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find something to do with it, Baz. Updates to follow. Um, so, in terms of the rest of the tournament, or something, uh, before we talk about our sort of uh, our futures bets, our tournament long bets, um, just a little bit about England, Baz, really. Um, Gareth Southgate staying on for another couple of years. Did you have any strong feelings on that? How England played or how they can play, what the future looks like? Um, I think we talked about this when, when after we went out, didn't we? And I told you at the time I'd flip-flopped either way. I, I was like, yes, he should stay. No, he shouldn't. Uh, and I think I've carried on with that for the last sort of 10 days. Um, so I've I'm at the point where I'm not. I wasn't really bothered either way. Um, I think it's fair enough keeping them for another two years. Uh, I equally would have said fair enough if they'd got rid of them. I think they've done okay this tournament. You know, there's a lot of people saying it's a failure. They've gone out against the first big team they come up against, but they went out against a, a you know a decent France. And they, they went out playing well, didn't they? You know, they didn't go out. Without a without a sort of fight, you know what I mean. Um, so I don't think it was a disaster, but the, you know they do throw out some of the stats, don't they? He's only won sort of four of twenty four games against top ten sides. Um, I think that's the figure. He doesn't have a good record when it comes up against the, the big teams. I um, and previously I would have said, you know, some tactical naivety was involved in that. But I thought in the World Cup we've we've done okay, so I wasn't hugely bothered either way. I'm fine with him staying on. Um, if he'd went, I just don't know who you go for. That there seems to be a massive sort of thing about it has to be English. Um, you know, the press seem to be pushing that more and more now, and I, I don't care for that really. I just think if the rules allow it, then just get the best manager you can get. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine Euros is going to be his last one unless he wins it. I think that's the only way he gets another another World Cup. Um, but yeah, let him let him crack on. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I don't care, which means I have much less to see on the subject. I mean, I just think it's such fine margins. Even all that, I don't. I didn't want to talk about this, Baz. I'm not going to talk about it. In fact, but all the Messi Ronaldo good thing. All I've seen. 
in the last 24 hours is that proves that that proves that no, fucking nothing doesn't prove anything because yeah. if the lorry scores the other way and saves it does that mean undo any of Messi's achievements for the last million years it doesn't like in, when we said about England if the ref does his job if Kane doesn't sky that penalty if Maguire said I goes an inch the other side of the post does that suddenly mean Southgate's a good manager and because it went that side of the post it means he's a bad manager it's just a load of bollocks and I'm not interested enough and also probably not a good enough judge to be able to pick apart what what makes that good or bad and then once everyone started arguing stopped arguing about Messi and Ronaldo someone then brings up Pelé everyone's up in a water, but like why do you have to why does it have to be your best because that's not how football works is it yeah exactly just enjoy them all like you're never going to have a definitive answer are you Ronaldo fans will always you say can't, Ronaldo. No. Messi fans will always say it's Messi and there'll never ever be an outcome to it you know if you're happy with like, that you think Messi's just leave it at that yeah, that's your opinion it's fine that's, that's what opinions are aren't they and I must have clicked on something on Twitter. You know, the Twitter algorithm's really aggressive, Bass, at the minute, it seems to be, the last few months. So all I've had on my timeline for the last two months, right, and Scottish non-league football scores and pictures of birds dressed like slutty Velma out of Scooby-Doo, right, because I must have clicked on one of each at some point. It's in October, and that's all I get now. It's like fucking the, the reserve team lineup for Bucky Thistle, followed by some bird in an orange bikini with Bob and glasses. That, and now I get Cristiano Ronaldo tweets, so I can now get I, three things. I, I get don't... loads of Ronaldo stuff, like, and I've yeah, I've no interest in Ronaldo. Um, but yeah, do you I get, get any slutty Velma stuff? All the Ronaldo fanboys appear on my uh, Twitter stream. Uh, no slutty Velma, no. No, just Google it once, Baz. Just well, don't Google. I mean, anyway, let's uh, move on. Um, so. Tournament long stuff. Um, I think this pretty much comes down to my uh, the, the million pound show. Um, where do you want to? We'll run through mine first because I did all right. We're, obviously, we took a million quid, which effectively was um, kind of ten units, is what we said you'd take if you if you were spreading about. If people had a hundred pound to spread around, take ten ten pound bets. That's exactly what we did. I finished on just short of one point seven million. So. Seven units up on the 10. Um, the winners being had a nice one and a half unit play on the Dutch to be eliminated in the quarterfinals at five to two. Um, just were that, that to me jumped off the page in absolute mile. That was my second biggest bet actually because they were going to win that group with uh, Senegal, Qatar, um, Ecuador, and then they were going to play the second in the England group, which was going to be um, USA, Iran, or Wales, and then get beat off whoever they played after that. So that, that worked out beautifully. That was mapped out. Um, I also had a tie on um, Qatar to be the lowest scoring team, split up with about 100 grand on that. And then my other nice bet was the lowest, the highest scoring group, sorry, which was. Um, Group E, the group with Spain in it, at 150 or a unit and a half on that uh, to win 650,000 at 130. With Costa Rica and Japan in their group, you could see a spanking or two. And Spain did spank Costa Rica 7 0. And then Germany beat them 4 2. So they contributed, uh, but that finished about five goals clear. Um, or well, Argentina, Poland, straight forecast, sorry, one and a quarter units at 7 to 4. Um, I think I was probably a little bit lucky to land that one. But yeah, so futures-wise, did okay. My main pick was Brazil, which went down rather unfortunately, really. Probably should have made the semi-final at least. And then we would have had to see what's happened. But I think you broke even on your milli bars, but you did put up um, Argentina to win the tournament without yeah. without yeah, putting so them in your million-pound picks. Well, no, the, I put it in the wall chart show on the first, first episode, went through a wall chart. I put Argentina out there. 11 to 2, I think, at the time. Got, got on them at 6 to 1. Um, picked a few from the wall chart. So things like Qatar, no points was was one. Um, that come in at a good price, 4 to 1. Uh, picked a few of the forecasts. So, yeah, I did get on Argentina from the start. Um, but the million pound show, I sort of hedged it a little bit. And I explained at the time um, my wall chart had Argentina, Brazil meeting in the semi finals. Um, and as I fancied Argentina, um, 
on the wall chart. I went, my biggest bet was Argentina to make the semi-finals because I did feel that, that if those two met in the semi-finals, it was a coin toss. Um, and as much as me sort of pre-tournament pick was Argentina, uh, that million pound show six to four for Argentina to get to the semi-finals looked a great bet. Um, so that was the biggest pick for me. Um, so I had four hundred thousand at, at six to four of my million, uh, which got us a million back. Uh, not a lot else from there, um, but here broke even, uh, and you had a good result with with sort of you know good turnover. Uh, good, good return on your uh, investment. So I think overall yeah. we've done quite well. I feel like tournament long bars that that went okay because, like I say, you broke even and I finished uh, seven units up. I think from the quarters onwards we absolutely pissed it. Where I struggled at bars was really the first two weeks when we were putting that graphic 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 up every day, and we got one out of three is all we could get. Or there was like four games every day, wasn't it? Yeah, and I was one in three. Just about every day. I had a couple of nice ones in there, but I just couldn't put two or three together. And I think what I did here was, I, because you get three games, if I've you made your mind about a team, it's hard to change your mind after just one game. And you see this now, even if you bet Premier League or if you bet, you see that a lot, NFL, we talk about NFL betting a lot. It might take it by week nine, you say, right, I'm never betting the Houston Texans again. But it's taking you nine. If you fancy them at the start of the season, you've kind of given them nine weeks for to let them turn it around before you eventually put them in timeout. Like that, fuck that, they're on the naughty step. So I think the if you were right or wrong about teams, and I think that done me in, and there was there was the sexy teams who underperformed, uh, Denmark, Uruguay, Belgium. Um, and then there was teams who kind of overperformed. Morocco, obviously being the standout. Japan did some fun things. So I think because I'd taken a position on, I'd taken a position on Portugal, um, which I've been maintained all the way through until they got beaten, and I could finally claim that they were shite after they lost to Morocco. I'd taken a position on Portugal. I'd taken a position on Wales. That was about the only correct one, really. But then, then, then like I say, the likes of Belgium. Uh, Serbia over Switzerland that was a, the, the toss of a coin but once I'd taken Serbia over Switzerland nothing that followed in that group then kind of the, the, the narrative stayed with me so um, I think that's where I struggled in the first couple of weeks Baz how did you find kind of handicapping the whole thing yeah, similar thing. I think it was a bit difficult you sort of you know we're putting up four picks a day one from each game Um and quite a few sort of two out of fours, one out of fours, the odd three out of four. Um, it was a tricky start. I did read today it was the um, it was the most sort of upset results um, in a World Cup. Some some sort of statistical formula decides what's an upset and what, what isn't. Uh, but it was the most for 64 years. So there was quite a lot um, with, you know, as you say, a lot of the big teams not, not coming good. Um, and teams like Morocco... Going further into it than than expected, um, but as you say, I think we we did definitely start to get a feel for it as the knockout stages come around, um, and there was definitely some good patterns there around teams like Argentina um, and France, where you know when we got to the final, we were talking, you know, they were hitting two goals every single game. Argentina were just consistent, wasn't it? They lost two one in that first game. Every other game since. Uh, oh no, sorry, that it was three nil, wasn't it, in the semi final? Uh, but yeah. we're hitting a minimum of two every time two nils, two ones, two twos. Um, so there was, you know, we did sort of pick up on the trends, and um, we also had a couple of good things with the uh, the referees info. Yeah, that's one of the things on. when we'd said about not knowing what the tournament was going to look like or sound like, you know. Like the heat, how everyone almost spent four years talking. No, not even a peep. All that yeah. we got mentioned for four years was how the, it was going to be boiling, or all the players were going to die. And honestly, once it came on your telly, and it was just football, it was just football and it never looked anything different. No one looked hot, no one had a sweat yeah, on at I, any point. I wrote that down. I was the same, I was going to bring up the same thing. A few things that we talked about beforehand was, was the weather, how hot is it going to be? Is it going to really sort of stifle the games? I mean, they didn't even have drink breaks sometimes when it's when it's exceptionally hot, don't they? They sort of chuck in a drinks break after 20 minutes in each half. There was none of that. So we never got a, got a thing there. And we wondered about the atmosphere, didn't we? We thought it might be yeah. a little bit sterile. There was definitely a few games where, where it was quieter. 
there was definitely far too many empty seats. Yeah, that uh, was weird. A lot of games. I mean, even in the final yesterday, there was periods. Now, I wonder whether it was just after half time, people were still on all the VIP treats. Um, but I'm sure it was about sort of 55, 60 minutes, and you could see bags of empty seats along one stand. Did you say this is a World Cup final? Like, um, I saw some of the photos was- today with. Um, obviously, like side by sides of Messi and Maradona and stuff. And Maradona holding that trophy in '86 in Mexico, uh, Aztec Stadium, Mexico City. And you've got that bank. I mean, that's about a 200,000 seat stadium. You've got that bank of standing room on it. But then Messi, and obviously, the focus of the photo is Messi and Maradona. But behind Messi, there's no one there, just an empty white stadium. Like both, obviously, 40 minutes after the final whistle. And that, to me, says a huge thing. That of all the supporters, the Argentinians or the South Americans, because Ecuador are quite good and Brazil, they sort of brought it more than anybody I else. Say, I was saying we had, we had a lot of games where, where it was was quieter, but certainly Argentina, it, it, the atmosphere very much depended on who was involved because the African teams made a lot of noise. Yeah, Senegal um, were great, weren't they? Games. So the African teams, and as you say, Argentina, Ecuador, a few teams like that who, who really did bring an atmosphere with them and uh, I think that, that was good to see. I'd like to see if the lads want to um, get the old white paint out tomorrow night and we'll go to the match you know like them Senegal fellas I'll just write Newcastle I think there's enough of it to spell Newcastle <laughs> along the front row of level 7 tomorrow in the old minus 3 uh, level 7 of the Sir John Hall stand tomorrow Baz we'll watch for that dancing all the way through watching Paul Dummett maraud up the left wing yeah something to look forward to so yeah um, t- I mean good teams bad teams anyone you really wanted to talk about we've mentioned sort of I was just looking at me, me pre- Tournament show notes, Baz, and we've kind of, I've written down, there's always one team that spring a surprise, at least one team, and there's always one team that had a meltdown. Yeah. And we kind of got that. I think we got Morocco, uh, obviously, surprise team. Japan, Japan won two games, both at 8-1. to one. That's got to be some sort of record, like. And then the one they lost in between, like Costa Rica about 6-1 to one to turn them over. Uh, so Japan were great for... Uh, having a bet so I would say Morocco and Japan and then I mean your meltdown teams were it was Belgium it Belgium, Belgium. Yeah, Germany didn't melt down they lost they didn't lose to Spain they drew with Spain um, they beat Costa Rica and then lost that weird game to Japan which they lost a game to Japan like Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia yeah. and really people have forgotten about that completely and utterly like so I think Belgium were a meltdown. They had a you know a group that should have been easy enough for them. I think, um, but also there was the stuff behind the scenes, wasn't there? There was clearly a little bit of unrest and and sort of people speaking to the press about things that probably shouldn't have been speaking about. And um, yeah, so they all started that, calling uh, each other old, didn't they? Yeah. yeah so I would I would say Belgium was was the one really. And in hindsight, really, if they were starting Batshuayi up front, it's actually similar, a bit similar to. France starting Giroud up front, although I would say Giroud is better because Mitchy Batshuayi is shite. There's no two ways about that. Like, by the way, if he turned up like to play five aside with us on a Wednesday, I'd just say, Mitchy, have 20 minutes, mate. Just uh, come on in a bit, yeah? Come on in a bit. Come on, come on in a bit when uh, little Andy's knackered because he's pap like. Um, and Lukaku came on at the end and somehow didn't score lots of chances from a yard out. So, yeah, they were the meltdown one. Um, looking forward then, Baz, next time round in the USA and Mexico and Canada. I mean, you go from a tournament in a place that's the same size as North Yorkshire to a tournament in the greatest expanse of bulging continent that you could possibly imagine. Um, spans half the globe. Uh, A48 teams, and they're, they're talking about the three, uh, three teams in a group, 16 groups of three. Which instantly just strikes me as shite because it's just it's quite unedifying. The fourteen thing works. We've seen it work this this time round. The the last um, days of that group A, um, the Spain and Japan and all that malarkey uh, in South Korea, Uruguay, when they were battling to go through when things were changing all the time. Uh, the USA as well when England were. England playing Wales. So all the, the groups going down to the wire was really important. But So that three-team thing just doesn't work because, see, you're not in your team C 
A and B play each other. One of them gets beat. Then you can kind of, you know, you can get through with a couple of draws or, you know, it just changes the, the thing a little bit for me. Um, 48 teams is just too many as well. We've seen Serbia and Switzerland. And I said this midway through the tournament, you know, all, all you're adding is, is well, you probably get another six or seven European teams. So throw in Austria, Scotland, like North Macedonia. What's the point? Greece. Like no one ever wants to watch Greece ever play another game of football. Um, the African teams will go up to nine. Um, so I was just thinking about maybe teams to watch for, but um, Morocco, another African team, the USA on home soil, Canada, Australia, these kind of teams. And I mean, have you just got any thoughts on on any of that going forward? Any fa- I know it's hard to make a pick and have a fancy because it's incredibly fine margins at the time, let alone speculate what's happening in four years' time. So uh, have you got anything yeah, on, yeah, on what might happen honest. in four years? Not, not had any thoughts at all about it, to be honest. Um, until you mentioned, I'll just quickly Google the uh, the odds for the next World Cup. Oh, OK. Um, so we've got Brazil 6-1, to one, France 7-1, to one, uh, England 9s, Germany 10s, Argentina 10s. Argentina obviously go out because Messi's not going to be there. Um, who was the few you mentioned? USA 40-1, to one, Morocco 100-1. to one. Um <coughs> Canada, you said, could do a bit better, didn't you? They're they're two hundred to one for the tournament. I do think it's sort of set up for a shock. Like the four years away, we're a long way off, and a, a lot it's of absolutely inevitable, right? That a team from outside the recognised powerhouses is going to win it. Uh, we've had it in the Euros. Denmark did the thing. Um, we had Leicester City in the Premier League, which is even more unusual because that's over a thirty-eight game stretch. And we've just seen now that Morocco. Teams like Morocco can do it. Um, and I just think it's unavoidable. And another four years of the biggest one team somewhere that's got, a, got their program just at the right time. It could be the USA, it could be Australia. Um, and I just think next time round, coming through, and the 48 teams as well, I'd love to. I'm just going to pepper those kind of 101 shots. Like, do you know what I mean? Just these middle, the, those middling teams. And you're going to make some absolute tosh in there, got no chance. Uh, teams like Costa Rica and that, but then it's going to be there's going to be a, that middle band of teams, and someone will come out of that. I mean, you've seen even I suppose Hungary recently in the Nations League, they battered England home and away. They went unbeaten, didn't uh, didn't didn't lose a game five out of six of those Nation League games when they got in the top group. And Hungary have been an afterthought for for a couple of generations, really. So yeah, it'd be uh, interesting to see, but it's. Uh, we need to get there, Baz. That's got to be our our goal, Baz. Let's get to the USA. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a plan. Um, and I've got one more question for you, Baz, before we crack on. Um, yeah. What effect is this World Cup going to have on the Premier League and brackets other domestic leagues, but mainly the Premier League? Uh, going forward, these players coming back, um, I mean, as people like Martinez and McAllister, are they just going to be in cloud cuckoo land? And people like De Bruyne, um, Bruno for Newcastle. What is, is it going to have an effect? Do you think it's going to going to change the title race? What are we going to be in May? What are we going to be talking about when we hark back to how the World Cup affected the Prem? I don't. I don't think it'll have a massive impact. That first week, possibly, there's a few. There wasn't many. There's not loads of Premier League players who were still involved up until the final. Certainly not in the game. I know there was a probably a couple of French players might have been. I'm trying to think who was. Uh, Varane came off late doors. Varane, obviously, obviously, you're not expecting him to, to feature in the the first. McAllister, what's all that about? McAllister, a couple of years ago, if you'd said there's a lad from Brighton going to run the show in the World Cup, it's bad, isn't it? 23 year old as well, you know what a great player. Um, Man United have got that as a titchy defender, but he never got on. Yeah, so, so you had uh, Martinez for Man United, barely played. Saliba the same for France, for Arsenal. Canati um, played a little bit. Yeah, they, they didn't play loads. And I don't know what a massive difference it makes. You know, they've been training every week, so they should be still sharp. You know, they had to be match ready, should they be needed in the final. So there's no reason at all why they don't, don't come back and, and be match ready. But I think we were helped massively, Newcastle, um, by Brazil going out early, England going out early. So we've had all of ours back training for 
for well over a week now uh, or around a week now and I think we should be whilst I don't expect many of them will feature tomorrow although um, Trippier played at the weekend didn't he a friendly um, Trippier and Pope were straight back in there um, I don't I don't know um, I suppose it's like the just, maybe I feel, I feel psychological like the, hangover in it like people talk about like NFL hangover kind of thing or the Super Bowl hangover um, whether or not the French players are just going to take a little while and really you haven't got time if you, even if you have two or three games where you're just not at your best like that could be all the difference really at this t- stage of the season can, can drop you six or seven points off the pace or get you knocked out of a cup the Champions League or something and there's no way back like I mean there is obviously you know injuries people like Gabriel Jesus for uh, Arsenal is going to be a big 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 loss for them um, so the World Cup's obviously set back Arsenal on that front um, I don't think there was too many big injuries coming out of the tournament, was it? But that, that'll be one that'll definitely be felt uh, with Arsenal pushing for the title this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I, ju- I just feel all these players who have been at the World Cup possibly in a stronger position p- potentially than, than those who haven't because they've, you know, they've been training week in, week out, day in, day out. Um, and, and, you know, it had to be sharp for, for competitive games. Um, whereas those at home, had themselves a little bit of a holiday and then, you know, they've trained for the last sort of week or so, chucked in a few few little friendlies. At the weekend, a lot of teams had, had friendlies going so they could be sort of... But I I don't think it should have a big impact. Um, but we'll see. see. See in the first next couple of weeks whether there are a, a few big shocks around. Um, there is one person, Baz, that you owe an apology to. I think we should get that out the way before we move on. And that's um, Samuel Etu. Because I think you uh, took the piss out of him at the start of the tournament for saying that Morocco would get to the semi-final, didn't you? Quite publicly and quite that na- it was quite nasty actually, Baz. I didn't no. want to say anything, but I think we should get that get this out in the open. Can, he's can here. We... He's, he's 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 here. He's here now. He brought this. Have, he brought this pumpkin. If we have to go back to to Samuel Eto'o's wall chart, which was what yeah. I mentioned, I, I didn't particularly. Uh, I didn't specifically mention Morocco, but I'm sure he had Qatar going quite far in with. <laughs> I think he definitely had Cameroon winning the whole tournament, didn't he? Um, so yeah, I mean, I've still got, uh, I've still got his predictions here. Have you? He had a, he had a Morocco Cameroon final. Oh well, he was halfway there. Um, but he had, Ish. he had France, France v Morocco in a, uh, in a semi. Did he? Uh, but well, you Cameroon definitely need to apologise to him then. He had Cameroon and Senegal in the other semi-final. Um, he, he had he had loads of stupid things like he was right, Baz. I don't even know if he had Argentina to get out the group, you know. So no, there's no apology so you, for Sam. Are you not apologising? No, he he had Argentina going out in the group stage, uh, and they went and won it. So. Sammy Leto has made himself look a right mug. He's getting no apology from me. Well, if Samuel Leto comes round here, Baz, kicking off tomorrow. Uh, I'll send him straight down to Bingley. Bingham, where do you live? <laughs> Bingham. Bingham. Ah, shit. Ended the show the way we started it all those uh, all those weeks ago, Baz, with me getting the name of your little town wrong. Um, so, yeah, as so we're talking about the Premier League then and finishing the show, uh, I would endeavour to remind everyone that the Premier League Gambling Podcast, which is this show, basically, we're just changing the name. We're going to change the colours on the badge and everything. Uh, and we're going to start recording and publishing more of this guff um, for the Boxing Day game. So we haven't decided what night we're going to record bars Friday, Saturday, something like that. Um, but we'll get the Christmas sh- Eve in it. So I'll not be recording Christmas Eve. Like. I'll be stuffing my face with smoked cheese. At that <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh, man. I'll cough my face clean up. So I, think, um, I think we're going to record Friday night. Probably, that probably makes sense. Because we've got a bit of a gathering on Thursday here. We've got a bit of a small right. Christmas, Christmas gathering. Uh, so really a little bit of uh, pumpkin chutney would go nice with that cheese, bat. Uh, I'm not a fan of pumpkin. No? Not even, like, pumpkin seeds? Just take them all even, Mike. No, I think if you season them nice, we have quite a... There's a, there's a good pumpkin seeds culture in the dugout of the Newcastle Nighthawks because um, they all like the American things. So we'll have a good chew on the pumpkin seeds. But if you get the nice, I think you'll appreciate the nice sort of salty, even like the salty, meaty, really savoury ones, you know, you get a nice umami on your on your pumpkin seeds. 
All right. So we'll, sounds like we're recording on Friday then, people, because Barry's got a cheese-based Saturday to get out of the way. But yeah, we'll publish that over the weekend um, and make some picks and have some crack about the Premier League. And then it's going to be pretty much bang, bang, bang until we get into a, into a regular pattern. Uh, once the season settles down again in January. But no, looking forward to that. Um, really enjoyed this, um, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thanks to uh, our hosts, uh, Sean and Ryan, all the network who've done really well, our sponsors um, as well. Thank you very much. Um, the opportunity has been good. Um, I think, Baz, you were probably a bit sceptical when I said, do you want to come and talk shit about the World Cup with me for a bit? But uh, you've, you've taken the bat on and you've ran with it. Now look at you with your with your green screen and your brick wall and your smoked cheese and your refusal to <laughs> apologise to Samuel Leto, you've gone all Mariah Carey on. Yeah, no, it's been good fun. Um, as you say, um, I did wonder how we'd managed to, to talk through an hour a night for, for most nights. Um, but no, it's been good fun. I've enjoyed it. Been good crack. We've had some good bets along the way. Um, yes. Looking forward to getting involved with the, the Premier League. I mean, same format, isn't it? We're not taking ourselves too serious. We're chucking our thoughts out there, chucking our ideas. Yeah. If you don't like something, feel free to pan us wherever you want to do that. Um, but yeah, important things. Keep keep supporting us. We hope, hopefully, everyone. You know, I know a lot of the our American followers are probably in this purely for the World Cup. But uh, yeah. you know, it's not just Premier League. We'll be covering Champions League. We'll be covering all sorts. There's still all a lifestyle chat. Um, oh, a lot of lifestyle stuff. Keep listening. Um, keep we haven't mentioned us. the robe, Baz, by the way. The return of the robe yesterday in the final. The robe, uh, what was that? <laughs> well, I, I just that that robe on Messi. I just don't know what they were playing at. They've absolutely ruined his big moment by making him wear a little sexy negligee, didn't they? Looked like something you'd get the IT department for Christmas, it, didn't it? Like... I didn't mind putting on this little silky negligee. Um, <laughs> when up and, and Messi looked a little bit confused, but just went along with it because and then and then he had Infantino, didn't you? Like following him down the stage, telling him he what didn't want to give him. that trophy to him. Like he was like a bed. It, it was all about him. Yes, yeah. stand up look. Uh, but yeah, yeah so, so yeah, everyone who's who's listened. Appreciate all of the support. We've had lots of good feedback. But uh, keep listening, keep subscribing. Make sure you give us the rates and reviews on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. Um, it's much appreciated. Yeah, agree with all of that. On uh, YouTube as well. We're going to put these yeah, that's uh, important. live streams on YouTube, which should allow a bit more interaction uh, so people can chuck questions in or throw their thoughts out during these live streams. Uh, which hopefully will add a, a, another dimension to it. So, you know, always striving to get better, Malcolm. Yeah, absolutely agree with all of that. Really looking forward to it, Baz. Um, thank you, Baz. I've enjoyed you a lot. Um, it's been nice to chat with you. We've chatted more in the last month and we've probably chatted over the last 10 years since you moved to Bingham. Um, so that's been lovely as well, Barry. Uh, and don't let anyone say it hasn't. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, do appreciate it. Uh, if I'm alive, uh, we'll be back on Friday to record the Premier League Gambling Podcast Uh in its inaugural show. Uh, but until then, good luck with anything you're betting on and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.